Hey there, what's up, Soul Warriors? Welcome to this very special Saturday Night Soul Session. Live with me, LC. I am so honored and grateful to be here and to bring you such a special guest. I always love it when purposes in people align. And I have just been immersed into tonight's guest content on Instagram. I, I just recognize a like heart, a like mind, and people that are talking about this new paradigm of recovery. Listen, we all know that just trying to remain clean and sober and those words, even the words, you know what I mean? They just invoke this feeling of, ugh. And I knew. Nine years ago, when I came into this place of recovery, that if I didn't do something different, it wasn't going to change. You know, I had to be the change and I had to go deeper and try to understand what it was I was going through. I had to move past the shame and the blame and the guilt and get down to the root of what was truly happening in my world, what was truly happening within me and how my trauma and, and mindset and nervous system was all playing a part in, you know, in all of it, in all of it. So I'm so grateful to bring Alyssa Caitlin here tonight to speak about her own 15-year battle, her now just a thriving, transformational coaching business that she has stepped into her passion really, you know, as a certified holistic health and NLP coach, her whole mission is to create a safe space for, you know, addiction and trauma survivors to be able to heal their past. And here's what I love so much, step into their power and create a life that they truly want and love. You know, our motto here on Recovery Soul Food is get up from your give up and create a life you love. There's something about realizing that you are a creator in this reality that helps you harness the power that is truly you. So I'm super excited for tonight. If you are here, go ahead and share this video out. We are live on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It will absolutely be up and available on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon Music and iHeartRadio within the next 24 hours. So Make sure you watch this a couple times. You know, there's always something new in everything that we watch. We never just watch one movie that we love just once. You know, every time we watch it, we find something new. And I want to make sure that I bring you content and guests that will reward you every single time that you watch it or listen to it. So let me get some housekeeping out of the way because I'm super excited to get into this. All right. You know, you can follow Recovery Soul Food right here uh, on TikTok, Instagram, recovery at recovery underscore soul food. Go and check us out there. Follow us on Instagram to know all. Here is the thing I want to ask you. Have you downloaded your sober app? And if not, why not? The sober app is the mind valley of recovery. And I'm super grateful honored to be a part of such a whole holistic 
approach to recovery in that there is everything for your mind, your body, your spirit. I mean, it's just a whole program to wrap around and help you in every single way. It's got your track and it's got everything you need to create a life you love. So download your sober app that is there in the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. And so go get it. It is affordable for everyone. Do not be afraid to invest in yourself. It will be the greatest investment you ever make. Now, also, when you're on Amazon and you're doing your shopping, pick up this amazing book by Miss Pamela Topchian. I didn't come this far to only come this far. Pamela is an amazing soul with a powerful story. She is every woman and she is powerful. She's written her memoir and this is a great read. I'm telling you, it's you can't you can't even put it down. She's also made it affordable. So I'm going to tell you right now for under 20 bucks, you can change your life this weekend. You can download your sober app. You can buy Pamela's book and you are set to recover. I want to give some props right now. You guys can't see my new shirt because I'm away from home using a laptop and the camera doesn't pick it up and I'm going to stand up and let you guys see it. Our new merch is coming out and I have an amazing connection in Miss Amber Knight, AMK Customs, who's making these amazing recovery soul food shirts for us. So let me know if you guys are interested in getting some recovery soul food gear and merchandise she is in the process of setting that up we will support all recovery warriors living their dreams on this podcast and in my life she's an amazing human being she's already got me made me some amazing stuff i'm super excited we're going to do some giveaways so that's amk customs with miss amber knight thank you so much all right y'all I have done enough jibber-jabbering. It is time to get into this Saturday Night Soul Session. Live with me, LC, and Miss Alyssa Caitlin, transformational, holistic health, and NLP coach. Let's go. And maybe not. <laughs> I told you guys I'm on something new, right? I'm on something new. Let's go. Alyssa, I'm so <laughs> grateful that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. So, you know, I want to jump right in because there's just so much, you know, I'm reading your bio and I see that you yourself have, you know, recovered from, gotten up from your give up from a 15 year battle with addiction and trauma. So tell us about you and who you are and just your passions in life. Absolutely. So yeah, I struggled on and off with addiction for 15 years. For as long as I can remember, I was just in a battle with my mind. I struggled with social anxiety as a kid. I was very shy. 
um, and this is quite common. Um, so it seems to be a pattern with a lot of people who struggled with addiction is that social anxiety and you just have a hard time um, connecting and making friends with others. So yeah. I started, um, started drinking in high school and I loved how it made me really outgoing. And then kind of one thing led to another and I started um, getting into drugs, um, just starting, you know, like mushrooms, acid, and eventually yeah. that led to cocaine. And then I was hooked on cocaine by the age of 16 years old. Wow. Um, I did get sober when I turned um, 20. I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. Um, but I never dealt with any of the trauma that I had dealt with in the past, right? So mm -hmm. I did quit on my own for a little while. Um, but soon after, shortly after, um, started drinking again. And um, yeah, things just spiraled out of control. And I was just in a series of, oh, I'm sorry. My Surrey is on, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then just one thing just went, led to another. And um, I got in bad relationships um, with other people who were also really heavy into drugs and alcohol. And eventually I just hit a rock bottom. And yeah. I ended up leaving the relationship I was in. I moved into an apartment um, and I went to my boss at the time. I let him know that I was struggling with a drug and alcohol addiction and they wanted me um, to go on disability leave. And I couldn't at that time because I just moved into an apartment on my own and they decided to let me go. So oh, wow. yeah, so it was really challenging because I was just left this abusive relationship. I was battling with um, an addiction. And then all of a sudden I was on my own. I moved into an apartment where we had no furniture and then I was out of a job. So that was my rock bottom, but that was what I needed yeah. <laughs> to get into recovery and um, to start getting sober. So from there mm -hmm. I did um, start um, an AA program. I started the 12 steps right away. Um, that program saved my life. But for me, it wasn't enough to just be sober. Like I wanted yeah. more out of my life, right? Yeah. And yes. I just really wanted to be um, the best version of myself possible. So I became obsessed with personal and spiritual development. Um, I got into holistic health, holistic nutrition. Mm. I changed my life through uh, my diet. I learned a lot about gut health because yeah. um, 90% Amazing of serotonin is produced in our gut, right? And then we have other um, neurotransmitters as well. Um, so that was huge. And then also getting into um, like NLP work, um, working mm. through limiting beliefs, subconscious reprogramming, um, also somatic therapy as well, because we store trauma in our body. So I really approached it um, holistically and um, it changed my life. And I'm a completely different person today. It's yeah, I'm so grateful. It's really incredible. That's a powerful story, and I love that that you really brought it home to that rock bottom moment. Because it, you know, like like it is truly a gift, and it's so hard to see that, you know, when you're right in the middle of it, and you're at the precipice of of realizing how many like how much we hold ourselves. We're locked into these beliefs because for so many people, and I know this probably is true for a lot of people you work with, is when we experience trauma at a very young age, we don't really know that there is a choice of, of, of seeing ourselves as a victim and being victimized because, you know, that's a child's mind and you are being mm -hmm. victimized and there's just no way to separate that. So it's almost like a light bulb 
I won't even call it a light bulb. It's more like a key to the prison door to, to realize, oh, wow. So I don't have to continue to live in that five-year-old body, in that place of being victimized. And it's amazing how subconsciously we will continue to put ourselves in situations and we don't understand how we ourselves are moving towards that because it's our comfort zone. We keep thinking, how am I in this same shitty relationship? You know, it's the same person, just a different name, a different face. What's happening? The, the greatest thing I ever heard was I was saying that same thing to a sponsor as I was doing the 12 steps at one of my um, attempts. And they said, well, well, what's the, who's the common denominator in all of this? And they were like, well, you are. And I was like, that can't be true. I'm the victim in all of this. <laughs> yeah, what do yeah. you mean? <laughs> can't be me. But it was amazing to really hear that, understand that, and absorb that and think, hmm, so I do have a little bit of power here and start to do That's that. Amazing. What and does I that think, look like for you? Like, I love what you said, and it's so important to when we take personal responsibility for our lives, it doesn't mean that we're taking we're actually taking our power back and, yes. and we're, we're able to see how did I play a part in this and maybe it wasn't necessarily conscious we didn't consciously want to bring these things into our lives but like subconsciously we're attracting this into our lives because of um, feelings of unworthiness, because of attachment issues, because of trauma from our childhood. And a lot of times that's really difficult to look at because you meet a lot of people um, who really truly believe that they're like, well, I didn't experience any trauma as a child. Like I had a really right. great upbringing. And like trauma looks different for everybody. Yes. And sometimes it's really hard to be able to look at our childhood and realize that it wasn't perfect and there's no blame on our parents because they were right. doing the best that they could right. and we just passed on these patterns that were you know like our parents are just passing on patterns that were passed down to them that's yes. all it is so it's like when we are able to acknowledge that then we're able to just like validate what we went through and validate our feelings that were not valid when we were a child right. so that we could just start the healing process and that's what taking personal responsibility is. It's not taking blame for what happened to you. Right. It's taking responsibility for your own healing. So important. So important that you say that because I think that's what we associate with taking responsibility. We associate that with blame. And I remember sitting in a place when I was hearing and, and, and it clicked, you know, what you were talking about right now where... I was listening, uh, had heard something and it was just absorbed in my body that, you know, the brain doesn't know the difference between right now and 20 years ago. So every time I'm reliving that abuse or that happening, my brain is producing the same cortisol, the same, you know, the hormones, it, it's shooting through my gut, you know, and I couldn't understand the connection between the two you know why i was sick in my body all the time i stayed constantly with muscle and joint pain i was having joint surgeries and and i'd had 12 stomach surgeries i mean this was continuously going on and and when that finally like came home and just integrated within me 
it gave me this amazing another moment where I could take my power back, meaning that so if I'm allowing these people to continue to abuse me, they're off living their life. I'm the one that's still suffering. So yeah. guess what? I get to stop that today and taking that power back and 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 then realizing how that was all playing out in my body was just like, like I said, key another key to a prison door that you know unlocked my own power that's amazing um there's so much that i want to ask you especially you know how did it how um when you first started in in your now new holistic approach and and how you were moving through this what was one of the first resources that you began to to really start that started making sense to you was it a one a speaker or or something you read? What what started making sense? Um, I really dove into spirituality for sure. Yeah. Um, I was actually I think a Deepak Chopra book that I really uh. wanted to. <laughs> I love Deepak Chopra. <laughs> yeah. um, so that I, th I believe the book was Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. So that mm -hmm. was like kind of the first um, the first spiritual book that I really um, started reading. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> And it was honestly the very first thing that I did. And this is kind of what you're forced to do when you get sober is you're forced to feel your emotions. And yeah. I came across a quote, um, I believe probably through the internet um, from, oh, I can't recall her name, um, but she's basically like, she's a Harvard brain scientist, but she said that it takes 90 seconds to um, process your emotion and allow it to dissipate while you just simply notice it. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, so I just started practicing it. And obviously it's like, it happens in like, um, like you're not gonna be able to process everything out all at once, but I would just sit there and I would just allow like whatever emotion become, like that, that came up, I allowed myself just to feel it and to label it. Labeling it was really, really important, right? And I just practiced that. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna sit and feel it for 90 seconds. And then it did, I was able to release it, right? And obviously it was going back to years and years of drama. So that was the first thing that I really started to explore with people to sit with my emotions. That's so difficult. That yeah, that is amazing. That is amazing because in all the in all the study I've done, I've not heard that 90 second process and isn't it how amazing when all of a sudden you have like this process that you can you know that you can do and try and even if you try something that doesn't necessarily work for you like you you're building these new neural pathways in your you know in your mind that you are now trying things that are going towards your betterment and it seems like it's a very underlying thing that before you know it you know because my my healing began with a gratitude practice bob proctor i watched a free bob proctor <laughs> webinar and when he told me you know gratitude is the key and you got to start make make a list of 10 things and if you can't think of 10 make five and i'll tell you Alyssa, i could not truly think of one Thing because I was looking at the things that I am now so truly grateful for in my life, 
my family, my son, you know, we had a roof over our heads, but I could not see it in a way to be grateful for it. All I could see was how I was failing them, how it wasn't our house, how, you know, I just wasn't measuring up or good enough. And so when I started that process and I, and I had one thing and it wasn't just one thing where you can just start saying it, Oh, I got a car. I'm grateful for that. It had to be this deep connection this head, mind, body, heart connection with one thing that I could truly just dive in and feel, like you said, feel the gratitude for that. And as I did that, like every day, I just started noticing that on its own, that list began to grow and it just began to grow within me and my perception of the world and my place in it just started changing. And like you said, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was a gradual process that I don't think we stop enough in our lives to kind of just sit there and and absorb how far we've come, you know, what what we're doing that's that's working for us, what we're doing that feels like my friend Pamela Topchian says, like a hell yes or versus a hell no, what we're doing to try to please or gain validation and what we're doing that's truly you know, close to us. So that's an amazing process that, that you just explained that 90 seconds is amazing. I love that. Absolutely. And I love everything that you just said. And like scientists call it like it's the, or psychologists call it the negativity bias, right? Like where our brains are wired to think negative. We actually have to work to be more positive. A lot of people (laughs) don't realize, right? Um, So yeah, that's huge for sure. Yes, yes, for sure. And you're, you're so right. You know, that learning that negative bias that, you know, that, that we're geared to to stay safe, what it's, you know, supposed to be safe. So we're looking for the yeah. problems. And that's what I find that was so prevalent in me when I was in active addiction and coming from all the trauma and then having so much body negativity, feeling, you know, so different. And like I had these dark secrets that I had to hold you know, of course we bond with other people that are in the communities that we are like-minded people. We kind of flock together. Mm -hmm. And so we all have that, you know, that, that vision of the world that it's us against the world, or it's, you know, this is as good as it gets for us. And we make these, these bonds and, and things. And we, we find ourselves almost almost tying the own, our own weights, you know, tying the cinder blocks to our legs, so to speak, with our own knots. And, but at the same time, we're blaming it outward. You know, it's, it's something else. Something's holding us back. You know, yeah. how long did it take you to really start seeing a, a, a true shift in your world? And what did that feel like for you? Oh, and honestly, it's it's still a process, right? Like we're on this continuous healing journey. We'll never arrive. Like it's as long as I'm on earth, I'm going to be healing, right? Mm-hmm. It's really important to like acknowledge that no matter how far I've come. Um, but I think no matter what, as soon as you get sober, you're going to start noticing shifts right away. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed like I would say um, about and I was like I was pretty hard on myself at the beginning. Like I was really dedicated um, to doing this work. And I would say a few months into it was really when I started to really notice shifts. But like even now, like more so it's you'll notice the biggest shifts when you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you start taking action. And I spent so many years isolating 
because I felt like I just like needed to be alone and like work through all of this trauma, which it is important to be alone. But I have an avoidant attachment style. I have a mm. hard time. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with all the attachment styles. There's like yeah. anxious attachment yeah. and there's avoidant attachment. I'm sure you know all about yeah. them. Yeah. So I'm very much avoidant. And I had to realize <laughs> I'm like, oh, being alone is very comfortable for me. Like for someone who has an anxious attachment style, it's really good for them to be alone and to learn to self-regulate. But for me, being an avoidant, I avoid relationships. I actually need to learn how to co-regulate. So I actually spent years doing all of this work in isolation, which was like, great. I was making internal progress. Um, I was at a better mindset, but really in my life, I didn't feel like was really moving forward because anytime I went out in public, I had severe social anxiety still. Right. And I yeah. blamed it on being an empath. I'm like, oh, I'm just an empath. I need to isolate. But in reality, <laughs> but in, it's so funny to look back on now because that was my excuse. Right. Oh, yeah. But in reality, it's like, no, like the issue is, is my nervous system is so dysregulated. So when I'm out in public, I feel so uncomfortable around people because I don't feel safe around people. Right. And what do we need to do right. is we actually have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone yes. and learn how to co-regulate with others. We need to learn how to build like and create safe relationships with other people. That's the only way to do it, right? Is just to force yes. ourselves out there and prove to ourselves that it, yes. there are safe people out there. There are um, like safe friendships and it's, it's okay to like get back yeah. out there. I'm so glad you said that about the empath because, you know, in the, in those spiritual circles, it becomes like this excuse that you can hide under, Oh, I'm just an empath. I, I pick up everyone's energy and it's like, no, no. <laughs> like, you know, what happens, especially yeah. in like abused children is you read the room subconsciously and you pick up safe and unsafe energy energy and then because of our attachment styles we will then you know go towards the that that unsafe energy in ways to try to then please that you know like i would find myself over pleasing the person that couldn't be pleased and my mom has this same attachment style because we kind of grew up together and went through our abuse together a lot of it mm -hmm. and i see her now and she's she says well it's a challenge to me to you know, to change someone's heart or mind about me. If they don't like me, I'll make them like me. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's not like a real big talent. That is a trauma response. And so we should probably talk about that. But it's a difference in, you know, the different generations and how they are completely unwilling okay. to look at that stuff. Because my mom's idea about the way she deals with her trauma is that, well, I don't think about that stuff anymore. And so it's not affecting me. And then, you know, as, as the work that we do, we're, we're kind of sitting back there going, Oh, but it's still working. It's working on you big time. Yeah. And, you know, I am so grateful and honored to be a part of this time in recovery. And I, I see things with such a divine timing and vision that, I'm so grateful for all the times that I, I tried to get clean and sober and failed because this was my time. You know, I, I, I've said this for the last five years of doing this recovery and this work out loud in, you know, in, on the Internet that we are we are positioned to help change the world. 
to help this mm -hmm. e this evolution in consciousness happen because this is our work like this is our work and if we don't do it our life is on the line you know like you you can't play around with addiction too much eventually your life is going to be on the line so for a co whole community that it's a life or death decision we can really speak volumes to people that are just out there trying to gain, you know, gain a life that they love, you know, to try to figure out how they can get unstuck. It's amazing yeah. to me. Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, incredible how our trauma can just become our gift, like our greatest yes. gift if we allow it to, right? It's just being able to see it that way. It's, yes. it's been like, honestly, everything that I went through is the greatest thing I could have possibly experienced because now it, it led me to my purpose. Like your pain becomes your purpose. Your mess yes. becomes your mission if you allow it to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know what I want to say to folks, anyone who will watch this now with us or who will watch this later is don't worry if you're not in that place yet. You know, just take hope that you you can continue to do the work and you will get to that place because you know it, it took me a while you know i'm nine years in recovery now you know i'm five years in gender transition there was a lot that i had to do to be able to get to this place in this space that i'm in now and for you know it, it took me three years to start being able to see my you know my past as 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 my passion to draw passion from my past so you know we have a tendency to be really hard on ourselves when we when we see or hear someone speaking about what it is we long to have and yet we feel like we don't have it if you're doing this work you're on your way i promise you just keep moving through and keep listening and keep finding hope and inspiration and you know what would you say to somebody right now who's in that place of maybe being really hard on themselves and i think i know what you're gonna say and i i i, I hope that you that you do and and add your amazing spin to it because it's important but so many people get caught up in this manifestation law of attraction stuff right now but I think mm -hmm. we're missing a very big, vital part of all this because we're still trying to manifest things to create happiness. But what would you say to somebody who is pretty aware of what their path is and yet can't quite seem to get there? What, what would be your advice or how would you coach them through that, that place? I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And like, if someone's going through that, I so, so resonate with that because it's something I struggled with for years where it's like, I focus like the, the whole like manifestation thing. And like, <laughs> I think you kind of know where I'm going to go with this. I'm a huge believer in that. Absolutely. Sure. But it's absolutely. like, and mindset that's so, so important. Yes. If worked, if you use it alongside like working through releasing trauma yes. because if you're storing trauma in your body, you are not going to be able to manifest the future that you want. And mm -hmm. like, I can tell you from experience that I spent years, years meditating, focusing on manifesting, focusing on just like thinking um, positive while that's super important. It can be used as a coping mechanism. And it's super yes. important to, to mention that like we can't positive, 
positive think our way out of trauma. And it's so important. Like we're all so hard on ourselves in recovery. Like even if we don't show it, we are, it's our self-worth that we just struggle with. Right. So it's just being, there's a fine line between it's like, you want to like be gentle on yourself throughout the process and love yourself throughout the process, but also give yourself a bit of tough love where you're like, you're pushing yourself and you have to go into like those, those difficult areas with someone, like with someone that you feel safe with that can coach you through it. Right. Because you got to go into the shadows. You got to do the heavy shadow work. um, If you you really want to manifest the life that you want. And it's hard to look at ourselves. Um, It's really hard to see those parts of ourselves, but I think the best advice that I can give is learn to laugh at yourself. And I still laugh at myself because I still catch myself every single day in patterns, like new patterns because you're constantly <laughs> peeling back these layers. Yeah. And like, we just talked about them earlier, just the, the, like the whole empath thing. Like it took me so long to get that. Yeah. And as soon as I did, I just laughed at myself. So I'm like, it's hilarious that I, I use that as an excuse for so long. Right. Or I would use that as an excuse of, um, Oh, I'm just picking up on that other person's like emotions and what they're going through. It's like, no, they're triggering your own trauma, Alyssa. Yes. <laughs> like that's yes. what's happening. <laughs> yes. So it's learn to enjoy the process because it is. It can actually be really fun and really Absolutely. rewarding, like learning about all of this. Yeah. And just like laugh at yourself. Like don't take Absolutely. yourself so seriously as you go through this. Yeah. That's the it's best so advice true. I could give. And that's amazing advice, and and it's exactly what I hope you were going to go into because it it, it is true. We you know we can get caught up in. And well, because I mean, we think about it when we're in active addiction, we have like no trust for ourselves. We like zero trust our decisions because it seems like we say quotes to ourselves like my best decisions got me, you know, arrested or my best decision. And those things as we you know, these are affirmations too. when we talk about positive affirmations and what we say to each other. We have to understand all the affirmations we've given to ourselves. Like, I'm an addict. Um, I'm a junkie. This is as good as it gets for me. I, I'm this. I can't be trusted. And these are things we're going to be working through while we're doing this work. And, and you know, it's brilliant the and important, the work that you do. And so brilliant how you explained that because, you know, we won't positive think our way through this trauma and we will not manifest anything more than who we truly are we don't manifest what we want in our mind we manifest more wanting it took me a long time to understand that because you've got the camp that is the motivational positive thinking and i fell deep into that camp deep into that camp you know and i fell deep in there and and i was so hard on myself because I just kept thinking I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. When in the reality is divinity said, no, man, I want you to go deeper. Like, you know, there's a different answer to this and you're not going to manifest anything but more wanting or you may manifest some stuff. But what you're going to realize is that stuff is not going to do it for you either. It's why I, I work so, try to work so closely with people in gender transition. And this is why, because so many of us, because of all that we've been taught and all that we absorb is I'll be happy when, and if, if 
I've seen too many people go through the internal and external trauma of changing their bodies and never healing their hearts. And then once they get to that place where they're now complete, they realize that it didn't do what they thought it was going to do for them. And then all of a sudden, instead of going back in and going deeper, they now say, I should have never done this. I regret transitioning. And that breaks my heart to see people because I know that pain. I really do. I always thought, you know, I subconsciously began to gain weight when I was five and six years old because I had a stepfather who had began to molest me. And as a child, you think, you know, you know, this is, you know, this is sex or sex is like attraction. And I thought, oh, well, he must think I'm pretty. So if I'm ugly, then this will stop. And so I gained a lot of weight. Um, I, I wanted my long hair cut off, you know, and I, I wanted to be more the gender I identified with, but I really tried. So this was all subconscious happening as a child. So then I began to be a very obese adult as well. And so I thought, okay, if I lose all this weight, because my family was always, if you were thin, they say all those things they say to, you know, people with obesity, you have such a pretty face and, you know, all those things that are so damaging to people. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll get thin and this will take care of it. I had a very massive surgery and I lost massive amounts of weight in six months and I developed a methamphetamine problem within that too but I realized the hopelessness that I had discovered when oh my gosh here I am I'm still here like this did not take care of the main thing that I was running from and that was me you know not being able to be alone with myself not being able to be alone with my thoughts and and it's it's heartbreaking to me and so i think we do that in addiction too well i'll put down the drugs and the alcohol and my life will get better and i'll be fine and then you find out it doesn't and then you're in relapse and some people come back from it and some don't you know we all probably know somebody who never came back and that's heartbreaking and so I think what you just explained through all of that is life-changing. It, 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 it is life-enhancing for someone who's ready to hear that. Um, talk to me about what your main goal when you begin to work with a client. What does that look like for you? Like, where do you guys start? Um, so I always, and first I want to say thank you so much for your vulnerability and you were just, your transformation is so incredible. Like you're such thank a you. gift to this world. Thank you. So thank you, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so when I start with a client, we first focus on the physical, like getting the physical, our physical health back on track. Um, nice. And then, so that would look like um, focusing on like nutrition um, gut health is a big one for me, just because a lot of um, like people who deal with a lot of trauma, they usually have um, like gut health issues is very common who just yep. because of the connection, like the gut brain connection. So that's an area that we really focus on. 
Um, so then also just getting into a meditation practice um, and doing some breath work. Mm. So that's where we start. And then we kind of gradually get into, okay, let's start focusing on um, uncovering these limiting beliefs and start becoming aware of those, right? Yeah. And then once we're, and then that looks like getting into different things like attachment styles, um, you know, looking into like masculine and feminine um, energies mm. because, and that's actually huge. Like a lot of people don't it realize is. it. When you it start is. to learn, when you start to learn about the masculine and feminine energies, you start to realize that you have a lot of like distrust and trauma around certain energies. So it's yes. healing that as well and healing that within ourselves. So that's an area that we look at. And then um, we want to like reframe these beliefs, but then at the same time we need to replace because whenever you're releasing things, you're releasing trauma, we're releasing old stories. We well, got to yeah. replace that, and we got to replace Absolutely. that with new experiences. And that's like the uncomfortable part for a lot of people because that takes pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and like starting to build new relationships with people that you trust. Yeah. And a lot of times that looks like like addiction and codependency often go hand in hand right so it's very important if you have a history of codependency to take a break from dating so yes. it's not like i'm encouraging people to go out and start dating it's like no 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 right. if you have issues with like say like the masculine energy or the feminine energy let's just start building friendships yes solid platonic friendships with those energies right yes. um, and to yes. learn to trust that again because in relationship to others like that is the best way to become aware of our wounds and our triggers Absolutely. like oh my that gosh, is how yeah. they come up right boot so, camp boot camp for sure <laughs> yeah for sure. absolutely so those are the, the things Amazing. that i work with with my um with my clients and it all depends on where they're at right but that's amazing yeah. That's truly amazing. And and, it, and it's an amazing thing, you know, you bringing up those energies because they don't hear enough people talking about that. But I could not even start to begin to heal my own feminine energies until I began my my transition, until I felt safe. Because, you know, watching my mom go through her trauma, being traumatized myself, I blamed that on my body. You know what I'm saying? Like I blamed that on, well, if I were in my right body, this wouldn't be happening. Um, you know, this man was that he was a masculine and my mom was real small. And, you know, that's w female feminine equals weakness. Um, I have to take care of her. There were all of these things. And it wasn't until I began to get safe enough in my own body that I could open myself up. And I, I want to say this and, and and make everybody understand, I was working with a, a trauma-informed specialist and, and mentor and coach. So I was in this work that you were doing, that you do. And it was just amazing because I see the divine feminine as the strongest energy, you know, like ever. There's nothing stronger on earth than a woman. I'm telling you, that divine feminine is so strong, strong, patient, kind, able to, you know, doesn't have to get in and react, you know, is able to to win battles without ever, you know, throwing a punch. And I was just always so concerned with covering that up by being hyper masculine, taking on those very negative and destructive, hyper masculine, toxic masculine, if you will, behaviors. Because if I 
I, I would go all the way to one side or the other. And it's been so fun just really growing in such appreciation for the divine feminine and just even being able to to appreciate my wife of 17 years, being able to appreciate my wife even more in this space. I am just in awed by her on a daily basis, you know, mothers, wives, work, you know, CEOs, you know, entrepreneurs, there's no stopping. And I love seeing this shift. And I'm grateful that you know, that, that these energies are healing, but it's important what you're talking about. And, and, and I, you know, I don't hear people talking about it enough. So you're really a trailblazer in that. That's amazing. Totally. And it's, it's so, so important. People don't realize that and how you talked about like swinging, like one way or the other, like you actually have to, that's part of the healing. And it's, mm. it's so important to, to even mention that, like I had so much wounding around the masculine energy because of the abuse that I had experienced in my relationships that when I left that relationship, I went so far the other way because I was so in my wounded feminine mm. energy, right? Mm. Um, I was in, and for anyone who's wondering, like a wounded feminine energy that really looks like, kind of like that victim mindset, like low self-worth, low self-esteem, like couldn't find my voice, couldn't stand up for myself. Well, I had to swing the other way and I became so masculine. And we're actually seeing this play out collectively right yeah. now, right? Yeah. Like we're seeing this in the collective <laughs> yeah. and it's all part of it. Like it's yes. it's all part of this evolution where it's like all of a sudden, like the feminine has to swing the other way and, and almost step into a more masculine role because we don't want to stay there. Like it's okay that we're doing that right now, but let's go back to our feminine energy because it's yeah. so beautiful and we're yeah. losing like the value in feminine energy, which is like yes. nurturing wisdom, like, creative yes. energy it's so so beautiful so oh, gosh, it was yes. finding my way back to that to be able to go back into my feminine once i stepped into that masculine it's like okay let's heal the feminine and finding the balance between them both because it's so important we're going to need to be able to step into both energies like yeah. when it's necessary um but one like we all lean towards one energy it doesn't matter what gender we are we'll lean towards one energy more so yeah. than the other so yeah, that's quite amazing. That's quite amazing. And and what we're going through right now too in this, you know, there is a there is a I, I don't even know what to call it. It's almost like this panic to hold on to that old, you know, paradigm and, and collective way of being, that whole pick aside. I mean, even what we're seeing within the LGBTQ plus community, in the transgender community, I've had these two very upsetting but healing and growing conversations in the last two days and it didn't dawn on me until i talked to a, to a friend of mine a, another divine feminine you know living her just amazing purpose and she said that's the whole thing like we're still trying to be in that pick aside energy you know the yeah. the transgender community is such a very small portion of the population that while it's good everybody should be included and we sh you know all human beings have the right to be who they are and not even just the right they have the divine right to be who they were made to be but when yeah. we hyper focus on these areas and, and you let the media bring in fear or you let these entities come out and bring in fear we're making people choose a camp you're either all for this 
or you're all for that. And to me, it sounds like that same masculine feminine energy when really the answer is in the middle because we are all, you know, divine and, and have both that balanced energy. But it's when that energy gets off balance that we see things like major recessions and wars and the things that we keep trying to grasp onto the old ways that just aren't working we are moving through and i just see it on both sides and you know i had amazing conversation with someone today where you know we were talking about the fear that surrounds the the inability to have conversations with differing opinions or beliefs because it's almost as if we have to pick a side pick a camp and if you don't agree with me we just can't be and that's just, and we're not growing anymore. When we do that, we're closing ourselves off to growth and expansion. And it's sad to me. It's so sad. Yeah. And that's so, so beautifully sad. said. And I even saw a post today of someone um, on a very kind of controversial topic right now, um, not taking a side, just like really trying to be inclusive of both. Yeah. And he was completely attacked. It was like, Absolutely. like you said, pick a side. And it's like, no, you, it's not like that, but everyone, we're just seeing so many wounded energies and like mm. just collective trauma being, being Gosh. played out right now. Yes. And it's all part of the process. It like it's all leading, leading us in the right place. Right. Yeah. Eventually we'll see yes. it, but right now it's, it's very chaotic. It is. For sure. So. Oh my gosh. It's so chaotic. And, and even when, you know, because it's easy sometimes for me to, to let my body get in a place because, you know, the work that I do is very seasonal. So I work on a resort island. And after, you know, with the pandemic, now, well, people now being opened up and now people can make up for this lost time. We're being inundated with people. And it's, it's, it's the craziest summer I've experienced in a long time. And it's easy for me to let my body get tired to not take care of myself and get enough sleep to not eat right because I'm on the go to not take my meditation time in the morning because maybe I've overslept and when I get into those places and then have a conversation like you know I've had the past couple days or even overhear someone saying things they have that tendency to start getting me in the spirit where I, I am now trying to stand up for my side and it's not just non LGBTQ plus community people. It's not, it's, it's both camps because I get attacked all the time. I did this podcast and on this platform called the transgender mentor with my good friend and cisgendered 50 something, you know, uh, friend Pamela who says people want to talk about this, but they're afraid. You know, I want to be seen as an ally. I want to be an ally. I want to, you know, be all inclusive. But I, there are questions I have and I don't feel safe to ask them. And so I created this whole platform and say, okay, well, let's talk about it right here and now. Let's, let's let it all out. Ask the questions. And I cannot tell you how attacked I became over my from my own community. And, and then when this thing in the public eye happened with Dave Chappelle, I'm a Dave Chappelle supporter because I thought what he said gave us a great insight of where, you know, what's happening in the mind of people that just really don't understand. But to me, I felt like he was an ally. 
And it was just so, you know, you got to pick a side. And I thought, no, I don't. But it's easy to feel like you do. It's easy. It's social conditioning. And you are just mm. such like a great example of someone who can think for themselves, right? Who can like hear both sides and like use your own discernment and do your own research, right? Like you don't have to be conditioned to believe that like, well, if I believe in this and I have to fully believe everything that this I believes in, right? Like it's, it's okay to like, yeah. you know, to take some of that and take some of that or just not have an opinion absolutely. on a certain topic, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 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 It's got to be that that hell yes moment or it's a hell no kind of a thing. You know, I just try to live my yeah. life by that. And and, you know, if you overhear a conversation that feels like you feel something in your soul that maybe you need to say, you know, I always sit because I used to be a terrible reactor, very angry and a reactor. And then you'd feel bad. So you get that whole pattern, yeah. react, feel like crap, react, apologize, feel like crap. It's terrible. So now I find myself in this place where I'm a thinker and it may take me four days or a week to come back to circle back to this. But I don't want to react and and add fuel to a fire that is really unnecessary to be burning when we can have these different conversations and we can let people be that don't think just like we do because we don't think the same way today that we thought three days ago so it's an ever-evolving yeah. you know life of expansion and we have to give that you know mercy to others and and to ourselves in those moments too Oh my gosh. Like, I think we could just have hours of conversation, Alyssa. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, I, <laughs> I know. This is great. I, I hate these shows that, that it's like I look up and I'm thinking, what? We almost had an hour. You're kidding me. Like, we're just getting warmed up. No kidding. We're just getting warmed up. I, I love it, man. And I just really want people to... To, to see the need that they have for somebody to walk this path with them and someone like yourself who has just really you can tell that you that you live this it's a, it's an embodiment for you it's not just a you know I learned this in a book and now I'm going to regurgitate this information there's a much different energy that comes from someone who has marinated in this it's like the difference in a steak there's a steak that sits overnight and marinate and one that you just throw stuff on you know, you embody this work and, and I'm, you know, grateful that you're out in the world doing this. It's so necessary and you are amazing at it. So we got about six minutes left or however long, but I just want to make sure that people know where to find you, what you offer in all of your services and just let people know everything you yeah, so you can find me. The best place to find me is Instagram. So at the Alyssa Caitlin. Um, so you can find me there. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. And then I do have a podcast um, called the Awaken with Alyssa podcast. Awesome. So yeah. you can find me on there as well. That's amazing. You said it's the Alyssa Caitlin coaching yeah, right oh, there. But that one too. That's my backup account. I have two accounts, okay. but they can okay. follow either one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. I just want to make sure I got the right one. That's the one there. that you're following. That's my backup. Okay. So okay, you, you got to have two accounts nowadays <laughs> to I, stay safe. 
I'm learning this. I started my I started my online life on Facebook and you know trying to move to Instagram has been a huge jump and I'm learning all the ins and outs. But yeah, I guess it is. It's it's getting and back. not even just like censorship reasons, but I've had friends who've lost their accounts because of hacking, right? Yes. So yes. which is scary because then you, you can't get it back. So right, right. To have right. Two <laughs> I know, I know, and it and it's really hurtful when that happens. And you know, there's a lot of trauma surrounding that as well. People building these things and then losing them and unable to get them yeah. back. You know, that was that happened to me a lot on Facebook, but it actually came from people that had could, just couldn't walk this journey with me. You know, they just couldn't go through this transition with me. And and it was sad, but it was an amazing growth experience. But you know, Alyssa, if there's anything that you could leave people with like and i don't care how long it takes just what would you leave somebody with if this is the only thing they hear this year what what would you say what would you tell them no matter what you've done in life no matter where you're at you can completely turn your life around oh yes 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 and yes and please don't listen to the things that will talk to you in your head and give you all the reasons why you can't all you gotta have is just a little flicker of hope and one half a reason why you can Alyssa, this has just been more than i can even express in words at this point it's just, i feel so full and I just hope that that translates into the same way. And I have no doubt that it will. Lissa, you're going to have to come back because I can tell you're another one of those oh, guests too. that we can do like two or three episodes. <laughs> like we could just run a series <laughs> on something. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. Tell us, oh. how is your, how have you changed as a human, as in the world as a parent as as a as a daughter as a friend how have you changed through doing all this work what does it mean to you uh, i'm a completely different person like you ask anyone in my life there's i don't even see a resemblance of who i was not long ago i still love that person because mm. she was what created this person right everything that i went through led to me to this point and where I'm at today. But I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest shift was um, learning about my avoidant tendencies and how to heal that. Because now I can actually like, the greatest gift for me is being able to connect with others. I never would have been able to have this conversation before. I never would have been able to like open my heart and be vulnerable and share my emotions. Emotions were so difficult for me. Oh gosh, so that's just been the greatest gift for me is to be able to connect with other people like you. Yeah. So yeah, this is just, it's been such a blessing. So That's thank so you so much amazing. for having me and oh thank gosh. you for everything that you do. You're such an incredible host. Oh, thank you so much. That just, I, I, I came back this season after taking a break to honor my own healing. You know, my wife woke up after being severely misdiagnosed with mental health and being over prescribed like different me mental health medications and she nearly lost her life and so she woke up i call it her wake up she's in her awakening process and you know i had to honor some healing when i came back for this season and i knew it was time because i felt it in my soul i i sent out this this you know request and intention that i wanted every guest 
to be divinely inspired, that I, I wanted it to be a divine connection, and that every show would leave not only an audience, but myself just spiritually full. And so every guest, I have waited until there's been a divine moment in something I see, hear, or whatever, and a connection, and I reach out. And I had this, this, you know, I had that same experience with you. And I think it was probably, gosh, I had, I had watched, already watched many of your, your reels. And I just loved your information. And I can't remember which one it happened to be. And then it was just, I felt that, that shift. Okay. It's time for this ingredient. It's time for this puzzle piece. (laughs) And every time that I've reached out and someone says, yes, it's like, I know that that's that divine connection. So, and, and, and I don't have people on my show that I don't end up building great relationships with after. So I got to tell you, it's a little selfish for me because I find amazing <laughs> friends and human beings here. It's outstanding. And so where can we find your podcast? I want to make sure iTunes, where do we find your podcast? It's on all of, yeah, like the all main the, um, podcast okay. platform, Spotify. Yeah. Outstanding. Um, outstanding. iTunes. Yeah. Just as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go ahead and get on that real quick. I want to make <laughs> sure so Alyssa thank you so much for spending this time with me and this audience guys if 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 you know even if you don't I, I don't even care if you are still in the place where you are using you don't have to be a certain way to step into healing step into healing and let it naturally carry you to a place where you change coping mechanisms just just understand and know that using is a coping mechanism that you are coping with life instead of being angry at it, you know, turn around and look at it and say, thank you for helping me get through this life. Step into your healing. There's no, I I don't think Alyssa has any requirements of you of where you've got to be in order to step in, step into your healing wherever you are. I'm telling you, find a way to get up from your give up and create a life you love. Make sure that you get with the Alyssa Caitlin coaching there on Instagram and message her. She is an amazing human being ready to help you through all that you're going through. Alyssa, again, thank you so much. This has been tremendous. I look forward to having you back. I look forward to all that you're going to continue to give to the world. To everyone who's joining us tonight, thank you so much. Those who will watch us on the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Know that we love you and we can do this, all of us together. We're better together. Alyssa, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you. you again. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Y'all have an amazing week. Until next weekend, ugh, just be you love you, and know that you are loved, loved, loved by me. You are worth it. Your your authenticity and your uniqueness is your superpower. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye.